my wife is someone who's actually prepared and so that we were okay um but we all we, all of us boys just looked at her like okay now what do we do <laughs> when's the best time to prepare for that promotion that's coming up at work before it happens, right? You don't you don't wait until the promotion starts circulating. Somebody's getting fired. Somebody's retiring. The time to prepare for that, to, to, to be worthy of a promotion, is not just because it gets posted. I think about basketball. And Caden, I think about you. I, when's, when's the best time to prepare for a scout coming to, to Plevna to watch a team play? You, you don't wait until you read it on the bulletin board that a scout's coming and then say all of a sudden, I'm going to get really good at basketball. It's something you do like Caden who's out there in the snow shooting baskets all the time in the snow with gloves, without gloves. But the best time to prepare is before these things take place. Now, it's always easy to prepare or try to, to prepare at the moment when these things happen. Like if you read the bulletin board says that the scout's coming, it's easy to get all energized and say, I'm going to get good at this or you find out that there's a, uh, a promotion coming up, it's easy to kick it into high gear so that you get the promotion, but the best time to prepare is before. It's, it's living that life before that time comes so that when the opportunity comes, you're just ready to step into it and to keep going. This is kind of what we find out about a, a guy by the name of Timothy who he's, he's going to be joining Paul on his missionary journey. He didn't wait till Paul got there to all of a sudden get his life in gear to go on a mission trip. We find that he was already living his life and then the door opened and he was able to step into it and to go on the, this missionary journey. So let me recap just a little bit of last week. Paul and Barnabas decided they wanted to go on a missionary journey. And they, everything was fine until they brought up the name of John Mark. Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with him and go on a missionary journey. But Paul said, I don't want anything to do with it. So they parted directions. Paul and uh, John Mark went down to Cyprus where Paul and Silas had started previously the first missionary journey. But Paul and Silas decided they were going to go up and visit some of these churches that, they had, that Paul and Barnabas had started. So they went to the town of Derby. And I don't know what they did there. I don't know how many people they talked to or how they encouraged those people, but they did. Shared the gospel, probably led more people to the Lord. But then they continued and they went to the towns of Lystra and to, and to Iconium before they traveled on. And these are what we're going to be looking at in the upcoming weeks of Paul's second missionary journey. But for now, we're going to start with Paul just picking up a guy by the name of Timothy. And Timothy is a guy who has been preparing for a journey or preparing for the team without even realizing it. Acts chapter 16 verses 1 through 5 is where we're going to be. And this is what we read in verses 1 through 2. Acts 16, 1 and 2. It says, he, meaning Paul, came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Let's pray. Father God, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for what we're going to see in the life of Timothy, of, of how you took somebody who was just faithful to do whatever it was that he did, and you moved him on to something bigger than himself to, to be part of a missionary journey. God, I just pray that as we look at our own lives, that we would see where we are at, if we're preparing well, and if we're ready for the next thing that you have for us. 
Just pray that we could see the connection between the life of Timothy and our lives today as well. I just pray that your words would be shared today and not my own. In Jesus' name, amen. So T Timothy is a guy, like I said, who I think is preparing to be part of the team without even realizing it. It says that Timothy was spoken well of. First, it says that in the, his hometown, where Timothy is from, the town of Lystra, he has a name for himself. People are speaking well of him in the church or possibly other churches. But it also says the neighboring town, 18 miles away, the town of Iconium, people are talking about Timothy. Now, what did Timothy do? It doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us that he spoke in a church. It doesn't say that he helped the poor. It doesn't say that he went door to door and shared the name of Jesus. We have no idea. But whatever Timothy was doing, he was doing something for the Lord. And people were, his name was getting brought up. Probably in Bible studies, in the church service. And did you hear about what Timothy did? And the kind of character and the qualities that Timothy had. And he was making a name for himself by doing just exactly what he was supposed to be doing. Everyday, ordinary life. Life, but also doing whatever it was that God asked him to do. And he was preparing for something more, even though he didn't know what that might be. Now, Timothy was not an old guy at this point. You know, he, he didn't have years and years of experience of traveling around as a preacher. Uh, you find out that Timothy was a young man. By the time he gets to be a preacher in Ephesus, uh, Paul tells Timothy, don't let people look down on you because you're young, but set an example. So that was, I think, about 10 years later that Timothy becomes a pastor of this church. So 10 years sooner, what's he have to be? He's got to be younger. Um, and it says in, in 2 Timothy 1.5 that he had a sincere faith. Uh, Paul probably at his first time through on his first missionary journey uh, led Timothy to the Lord. He calls him his son in the faith, possibly because he saw him as a son or possibly because he did lead him to the Lord. But Timothy is not an old guy. His mother and his grandmother are still alive. They still have faith that they have passed on to Timothy. But the point I'm trying to bring out was that he was preparing for something, just living everyday life, doing what God asked him to do, preparing for what was next. And I want to challenge you, as I challenge myself, to be prepared or be preparing for what it is that God wants me to do next. Now, I can picture thoughts running through people's minds like, I've already lived my life. I don't have anywhere to go. I'm not going to go on a mission trip. I have no desire to grow up and be a missionary. I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm not going to do any of those things. So I really, it doesn't really matter how well I prepare because I am planning to stay right here in Plovna or Baker, or I plan to stay in Montana, or I already have my career picked out for me and it has nothing to do with the mission field. So this really doesn't apply to me. Well, that, that I hope is not the case because uh, that, is, that may not be your position on the team. But once you got saved, you joined the team. You became part of the plan that God, of people God wants to use. You are on God's team and he has something that he wants you to do. You know, we're still going to need at some point, we're still going to need Sunday school teachers. You know, Sunday school teachers that are teaching now are not going to do it forever. Uh, people who work in Awana are not going to do it forever. Uh, people who help lead at uh, BBS, even you parents and grandparents, even you kids who go to school, 
you, you, we, we still need something from you. You know, parents, you know, I, with our kids, we have opportunity to instill God's truth and God's wisdom into our kids. This is what God's word says. This is a direction God might want to take you. Grandparents, you have a, a special opportunity to say things to your grandkids that your parent, that your kids won't listen to from their parents. You know, Leslie's grandparents were very instrumental in her walk. Um, the day that Leslie got saved, when, and when Leslie came forward, she said, hey, grandma, go with me. When she was hearing that I'm, I'm a sinner, you know, because I lied or I stole. She's like, that's me. And grandma was there with her to take her to the Lord. Um, I remember uh, all the conversations I had with grandpa before he passed away about spiritual things and the impact of of what uh, they had in Leslie's life. They made they were always asking her, hey, did you go to church today? Grandparents can get away with that, I think. Parents asking your kids, you go to church today? When they move out, may not be quite as good, but Grandpa kept her going to church. Grandpa was this huge influence in her life. You, 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 have, you have an opportunity. Kids, when you're at school, you have the opportunity to say things teachers can't. No, you can bring up the name of Jesus, whereas the teacher is, is going to get in trouble for doing that. You have an opportunity to speak truth into somebody else's life. We're still going to need people in every place. So you may not move to a new town to be a pastor. You may not join the mission field, but you have something that you can do. You are automatically a part of God's team. Right now is the time to prepare for being on God's team. So how do we prepare? Prepare for God's team. Well, one thing you can do is pray. Say, God, here I am. I'm 43-year-old Josh. What is it that you want me to do? I know you put people in places to do things. What is it that you're asking me to do? God says, what a novel idea. Somebody's asking me, what do I want him to, or her to do? You can say, God, am I prepared to do this? What is it? Uh, what do I need to do to get better prepared? Or just pray and ask God. He can show you uh, by reading your Bible. No, just, just read it. You know, the beautiful thing about reading your Bible is God starts to store it up here. And I've, I've learned it from experience where I, I try to pick a topic and I try to think, what does the Bible say about this? And I'm like, boy, I just struggle. I can't remember everything it says. But when I'm in a conversation, God brings things to mind and I'm able to say things that I didn't know I remembered. So read the Bible, uh, study out what it says, memorize what scripture says. God can use what you know to, to, to benefit you, to, to help other people to come to know him as their savior or to how to encourage somebody else in their walk with the Lord. You don't have to know it all now. Just start preparing and God can use you and what you know to impact other people's lives. So Timothy, he was a guy who from a young age had a sincere faith. He loved the Lord. He, he went to the, to, to the hearing what the scripture says. He was a guy who totally tried to apply it to his life. And so the opportunity came unexpected. Here comes Paul. Hey, Timothy, I'd like to take you with me. And Timothy says, okay, I'm going to go with you, Paul, and I'm going to go all in. Right, that's what you want. Someone joins your team for basketball. You don't want someone who runs slowly down the court. You don't want somebody who's only going to show up to practice half the time. You want somebody who's going to be there every day, giving 100% all the time. And that's what Timothy was willing to do for Paul. And that's what God wants from us. Timothy was going to go all in to serve Jesus. Acts chapter 16, verses 3 through 4. 
It says, Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So Paul, so Paul and Timothy, now mainly Timothy here, was going all in on this missionary journey. The first thing it says is that he was circumcised. We made I made enough jokes about what what that is about about male anatomy and ask your mother if you don't know or ask your father, but Timothy at a young age or at a at an older age was willing to go through this. He grew up the way he was, and he says I'm still going to go through this. Now I, the the thing that I, I want to point out was that Paul had just argued with people in Acts chapter 15 verses one through two. Uh, it talks about people came from Antioch. And they were teaching, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. So Paul was a big proponent against people being circumcised. So why is it now that all of a sudden he says, let's circumcise you, Timothy? Because it kind of sounds like he's going against what his own thoughts are. I say this not okay, and I say, let's do this. Why is Paul doing that? Well, the, the, the Jews thought you had to do this in order to be saved. And Paul says that is no way the case. You are only saved through Jesus. But in, but in order to reach the Jews, Paul's saying, Timothy, let's circumcise you. Because the Jews of that day, they, believed, they were circumcised. And they thought you had to be circumcised. And if you were going to come hang out with them, you had to be circumcised. In other words, he was going to be unaccepted. He was going to be seen as opposition if Paul comes with Timothy who is uncircumcised. It was an abomination to be hanging out if you were uncircumcised and hanging out with somebody who was circumcised. And so Paul says there's, there's more to this than just giving the gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9.20, Paul talks about, I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. His goal was to be like the Jew in order to reach the Jew. And Timothy is all in with this. He's, he's, letting nothing, he's holding nothing back. He's doing whatever it is that, Tim, that Paul's asking him to do in order to reach other people with the gospel of Jesus. He was, he didn't just join the team. Yep, I'm saved. I'm going to stay home and stay comfortable. He says, I'm going to be an active participant. I'm going to be on the team and I want to be on the starting line. I want to be the starting five on that basketball team and I want to play. He says, I'm all in. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be the best missionary that I can be because that's what God has put me, has called me to be. That's a position that he's put me in. Now, I want to encourage you to join the team. You're already a part of it, but to become an active part of, of what God is doing. Now, for each one of us, that's going to look a little bit different. Paul went to Lystra, and he took, is Paul Silas, and he took Timothy. Why? He only took one person. Guess who stayed behind? All of Timothy's friends, all of Timothy's family. Now, they, that, they were doing what they were supposed to do. But they were not doing the same thing. Paul just said, I want to take Timothy with me, not Timothy and, and Brutus and Ben and Joe and say, we're going to make a bunch of people here. He says, I just want to take one person. So we can see it's going to look different for each one of us. For me, it meant coming to Montana to be the preacher. 
800 miles away, moving my family, you know, getting used to things around here and a time zone difference and country music and, and basketball and all these different things was what it meant for me to come to be a willing, active participant for God's team. For some of you, it's going to mean that you're a deacon, right? You, you, you didn't just go to church and sit there. You said, okay, I'm, I'm asked to do this. I'm going to do this. For some of you, it's being the Awana leader. For some of you, it's joining in the, the VBS uh, in order to, to share Jesus with the kids during the summer. It's going to be something different for each of us. You know, for some of you, it's going to be just those conversations you have with somebody who is unsaved or somebody who's questioning their faith and being willing to get involved in that. It's real easy to avoid spiritual conversations. It's real easy to avoid difficult things that I don't understand. But somebody who is an active participant says, okay, I'll do this. I think about Anita. She's got a niece, Hope, who just came to know the Lord. She could say, great, Hope got saved. Goodbye, Hope. You know, I hope you're over. Here's a church. But she's being an active participant in the life of Hope to grow her in her faith. Nice job, Anita, for being an active participant. She's joining the team. She's being actively involved. Now, some of you, you have no idea what life is going to bring. You know, you're in junior high or grade school or high school, and you're just, you're hoping to just get through the next week and through the, the next season and to get to the summer and finally be done with that. You have plans for what your life wants to bring. You're going to move away from home, most likely, go to a different state, like Chloe, go to a different college, go to a different church, you know, and, and every kid, even you, had when you moved out of your house, had to make choices. And when I moved out of my house as a kid, I had to make the same choice. Was I going to go and just sit in a church and do nothing? Yeah, it's easy. You know, you go to big churches. We had people in Davenport leave our church because they wanted to go to a big church. And they wanted to just sit there and do nothing. They were there. That was good. But they weren't actively involved in anything. Not in church, not in ministry work, not in nothing. And so, kids, when you move out of the house, you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to sit in a pew or am I going to somehow get involved in a WANA or in a VBS or in teaching little kids Sunday school or something? Be an active participant. Timothy was preparing before he knew it was coming. And when the time came, he said yes. I'll go do whatever it is that you want me to do without having any idea of where it's going to take me. And for Timothy, that's a pretty big deal, pretty big deal, because, you know, Timothy was probably around when Paul got stoned and left for dead. He may not have seen this, but I'm sure the news ran around the neighborhood all the time and for, for months around the coffee shop. Right. He's hearing it from his mom and from his grandma and from his dad. He's hearing all these things. And so he knows this could happen. He knows that at the next town that they're going to, Paul got ran out. You know, persecution was knocking at his door and he left. He knows that in other places he got kicked out of Dodge. They said, we don't want you in here, here anymore. Timothy knows these, these, these kinds of things, but he says, okay, I'm going to be an active participant. I'm going to go anyway. Now, is that an easy thing to do? That'd be pretty scary. You know, if, if, I, if I said, to, you know, you moved to Davenport, that's pretty easy. I mean, except you don't know anything, but you're not going to go there expecting to get run off. You're not expecting to get stoned. You're not expecting to get persecuted. It's just a different place. But you know where there's a history of bad things happening. It would be a lot tougher to stay there uh, or to go to those places. But Timothy was all in. He says, I'm going to go. 
And Timothy, you know, through his life, you're not going to see this in this passage, but Timothy proved to be a good teammate. Uh, I'll read Acts chapter 16, verse 5. It says, The churches were strengthened in the faith, and they grew daily in numbers. Timothy might have just watched all this happen. He's traveling with Paul and Silas to all these churches as they're being encouraged in their faith, as they're growing in numbers. But possibly Timothy played a part in that. You know, he was a guy who was doing something at home. He's willing to come on this journey. He's doing something with Paul and Silas. He is all in on this. But later on down the road, you find a description of Timothy in several different places. You find these, these key words that I, I would hope to find said about me. And I hope that this is something that you look and say, I want that to be said about me too. You know, Timothy was known as a helper. We'll read about that in a couple of weeks or a month in Acts chapter 19. Timothy was proven to be valuable, you know, in the work that he did. He went from Lystra at home being valuable and on the road being valuable. He was faithful to whatever it was he was asked to do. He was a faithful worker. He was a preacher. Paul left him in Ephesus to straighten out the church. He was preaching to those people as a young guy. He was God's fellow worker. How many people here think that would just be awesome? God's calling me his fellow worker. Or I'm, I'm, people are looking at me and saying, Josh is a fellow worker of God. Not a lot of people get that kind of kudo. But this is how what Timothy was described at. Did he start there? No. He started out as a little kid that grew up that was just faithful doing whatever it was that he did. And when he got the opportunity to go on a mission trip, he went. And then later on down the road, this is what he, how he was spoken well of. And I want to encourage you to be somebody who proves good for the team. For God's team. Because like I said, you are, you are already on the team. It's easy to prepare for a team when you know that, or prepare for something when you know it's coming. You know, when, if I knew a power outage was coming, sometimes you, you get the, the phone company that calls and says the power's going to be out for 24 hours or 12 hours. Easy to prepare. You know, Leslie's got the light, flashlights and you, you crank up the heat just a little bit and you got your blankets and you got your, your candles. But when the middle of the night or like it happened during, uh, when it happened for us, it was just like, boom, six o'clock, we're, we're watching some on TV and the, the power's all out and... Okay, where's the candles? Okay, where, honey, where's those things? Where's the blankets? Where's, what am I going to eat now that I didn't eat dinner while the food was, could have been cooked? What am I going to do? It's tough to prepare them. You got to be preparing before the time comes. And, and even if you don't know what, if it's going to come or when it's going to come, you got to be prepared. And the same thing goes with God. You know, you're, you're in life right now. Everybody's in church right now. You know, most of you were in Sunday school. You guys heard the teaching of what scripture says. And so you're, and you're actively trying to prepare at least a little bit. Hopefully you're reading your Bible during the week. You're studying it out what it says. You're memorizing it, even if you're not trying to memorize it. God's storing that in your memory bank. So hopefully you're in that point. But hopefully when the time comes when we need a new deacon, when we need a new Sunday school teacher, when there's a church that needs a new pastor... People can go and do those things because the church needs to continue and it can't continue with only the same people. God has something he wants you to do in this church, in your school, out at the, your place of business, out on the ranch with your, with your grandkids, whatever it is, God has something you to, for you to do. Are you preparing now so that when the time comes, 
you, you can be uh, an active participant and you can do well with what God's asked you to do. I hope you can say yes. I hope you don't have the attitude of, I'm happy with my life. I'm happy living here. I'm happy doing what I want. I'm happy with wherever I think my plans are going to go. I don't really need all that. Yes, you do. You need to be doing something for the Lord wherever it is that you find yourself, whether it's in Plumna or any other parts of this world. You know, Jesus was willing to go all in for us. Right? We looked at that. Um, Jesus went, went all, all in for us. You know, he put, he went to, the, to this earth. He, he suffered humiliation. He suffered punishment. He went to the cross. He, he bled and died so that we could have eternal life. He went all in for us. I just want to challenge you to go all in for him. To start preparing now so that when the time comes, you're willing to go and do whatever God wants you to do and do it as well as you can. God gave his all for me. I should be willing, happily, to give my all for him. Let's think about that. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the the price he, he paid. He went to the cross so that I could have salvation. And God, I thank you, God, that even after that, he's, he wants to use me for something. You know, I, you know, God, that I'm, I'm not the greatest speaker. I'm not the greatest communicator. I don't, you know, I don't always say yes to every opportunity that you've given me to, to, to follow through, to, to do what you want. But you are gracious and forgiving, God. God, I just pray for each one of us that you would help us to want to prepare, that we would want to read your word, that we would want to apply it and memorize it and, and, and share when we have opportunities. God, when you've given us an assignment to do, help us to recognize it and help us to go and do whatever it is that you want us to do. God, please let us be what we would want, uh, what others have heard in Scripture and who have passed on and to, to go be with the Lord, to, to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Let that be what we hear. Just please help us, God, to be ready and willing to obey and follow you as you give us opportunity to do that too. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.